It's time for a smashing cast from the present. Produced by Michael, the Exo Paradigm Gamer. Consulted by Haydox, the Haydox. Supervised by Ryan, the Rye Rule. And directed by Dan, the King K. It's the Unversed cast. Uh, so I've got the OBS going and I've got my recording going, so we can go ahead and do a roll call now. I'm Michael. It is. I'm the King K. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm here. I I'm dead inside. <laughs> I'm go dead on. inside. Lois, <laughs> I'm dead inside, Lois. Very Holy cool! Oh, 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 Holy my crap, god. I killed Lois! Oh, oh right. my god! That's a really good impression. Lois. So, we're, mm -hmm. we're back. Do I do a good one? Wait, rate my impression of Peter Griffin. Uh, a, a six? Out of ten? <laughs> really? Hey, Lois! What about my Peter one? What about my Lois one? Ready? Peter! Peter. Come and do the dishes, Peter! That's a, that's a little too good. <laughs> Um, can, all right, I want to open the podcast on a little somber note. All right, ready? Oh, no. Almost Go. heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. Ryan, take it away. I uh, see skies of green, <laughs> red <laughs> roses too. I see them bloom hey, hey, hey. for me and you, and I <laughs> think to dang. myself, I'm gonna destroy my voice. I can't do it. Uh, yeah. So we're back. By the way, Hadox, was that was that little song you were singing there? Was that like a reference to the part in Kingsman Two where Merlin makes a <laughs> sacrifice? <laughs> Why you spoiled it, Michael? <laughs> I haven't seen that movie yet. Yeah. Spoiler alert. That one needs to get bleeped out. S spoiler alert. Yeah. Mark Strong's character <laughs> dies in Kingsman Thanks, 2. Oh, ass. No. Um, yeah, All so right. we're back. So not a bleep that. Yeah, so not a, you gotta, you gotta bleep this entire opening out. We're back. A dinosaur story. The evil sp <laughs> Professor Screw-Eyes who gets eaten by crows. The crows. The crows. So yeah, we're back with with more inverse cast uh, in this reboot that is just as crazy as our pre-reboot material. And it's today, just as crazy as hijinks. that second Spider-Man reboot. <laughs> oh, well, but that's no. gonna be. Do you mean the third Spider-Man two reboot of the? Do you mean Spider-Man two of the third reboot? That is a. Reboot of the second one that was also a reboot of the first one. I'm talking Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, wait, wait. That, I found on, these coins in my calculator, the... which unlock a secret passageway to a s underground subway. Wow! What is this? Well, Muhammad. Thanks, Muhammad. Okay, I wait. I wanna, can I helmet. gush about something real quick? Yes. No. Um. Okay. All right. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're back with another episode of our <laughs> of our of our amazing Super Mario Super 3D Mario retrospective here on Versecast where we Mario sucks. Yeah, this one's about Super Mario World. 
yeah, we're, we're going to be talking yeah. about uh, Mario is Missing today. Uh, but first, before we get to that, we've got to do our fan fiction oh my segment, gosh. folks. we got to well, do we talk we... about what we've been playing? Isn't that okay. like our new thing? Sure, we could. How about we'll start with that and we'll try to make it quicker than the first time we did it. Uh, yeah, I'll, we'll limit each one to like a minute. Okay. So who wants to go first? Right. Ryan, you sound I'll excited. I'll go first. Okay, never mind. Oh, oh I do? <laughs> yeah, you, you were the one, you were like super excited to talk about what you've been playing. I just wanted to avoid fanfics, or at least prolong it as long as possible. Well, I'm, I'm metaphorically going to give you Double Down to talk about right now, so get to um, it. Uh, well, um, so, uh, I, I, I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles X, and I forgot how much I actually like this game, and I think it's a lot of fun, and I really like the music, because the music is really good, and it's composed by the guy who just kill a kill. Okay. Um, you like Xenoblade Chronicles X, Brian? I, I, um, I do. You're a fake gamer? <laughs> I, I, I am not a real gamer grill. I do apologize. You should. I, I'm like a gamer George Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a little too... It wow. reminds me of that episode of Drake and Josh where they had the Gary Coleman grills. <laughs> Wait, are, what are we? What are we? Fucking Family Guy now doing cutaway gags? <laughs> that reminds it's me of the time today. that Gary Coleman was on Drake and Josh, Lois. Is violence in movies and sex on TV. Ryan's a little bit tipsy again. And he's coming what? up no. next. No, oh my god. I'm not Anyways, a fucking lightweight. Ryan I is a drunk. Playing... Yes. Uh, I'm gonna... The baton has been passed to me, okay? <laughs> I've taken the baton and stolen it. It is my, my talking baton. time. No. Um, well, Ryan never wanted it anyway, so go ahead. I have been playing the new <laughs> Spider-Man. Ryan the doesn't know how to handle batons. Exo, Exo, oh, hey, hey, listen, Exo. Oh, 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 okay. Exo. Okay. Mm. I'm trying to speak about my gaming experience. Proceed. I appreciate it. Thank you. Where do I begin? Um. Okay. Can you hear me scratching my chin? I hope you can. This is um, this is about the new Spider-Man, right? Yeah, it's very good, man. Very cool. The only yep. it's it's very it it's it's like uh, I like it better than the Arkham games, even though they're very similar. Um, <laughs> New York feels I'm not I, I'm under shit, so I can't talk about it that much. But uh, it's very nice, and um, the DLC shit that they're doing is dumb though. I don't like that. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure you could talk about it because by the time this episode goes live, the, right, right, you know, it's the embargo is Tuesday, so uh, yeah, it's very good. The, don't buy the <laughs> DLC. The no, DLC no, no, is it's stupid. Fine. Embargo doesn't exist right now. No, we're recording in the future. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Let's not have a repeat of Splatoon. Yeah. We don't want that. Um, Speaking of which, but it's, I, it's very one thing good. I noticed yesterday is that there is a lot of fan art of Inklings like being cute and loving on each other. I've, have, yeah, that, am I the only one who noticed that? Good. Like, oh no, like I remember when you were not really the first. Family Guy, isn't it? Like your I friend, remember yeah. when that game was first announced at E3 back in like 2015. Like as soon as that game was announced, hentai was everywhere. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. hey, hey Docs, your friend Carson retweets a lot of that stuff, so that's why I keep finding it in my timeline. Carson, <laughs> hello, you've been called out. Yeah, take that. You, you, you like inklings. Something's you like wrong that with you, squid I guess. Fetish. Um, anyways, uh, King K, what have you been playing, my boy? 
a metric fuck ton of Hollow Knight is what I've been playing. Fuck yeah! Which is a very, very good Metroidvania. Probably one of the largest Metroidvanias I've ever played and is currently $7 and launched at, I think, $15. It's quite insane value for money there. Not something mm -hmm. I usually care about, but... Well, I mean, if we learned really anything from Samus Returns, bigger does not always mean better when it comes to Metroidvanias. That is true. Hey, but Dan, I got a message from you just now. I think it handles it in a pretty expert way in the sense that the more that you play, it just keeps unfolding, and it, it I, like... I can't really pinpoint places where it pads itself out, you know? There are only like one or two places where it's like... You, maybe you fight one boss multiple times, but you don't have to. It doesn't really do anything, but you can do it if you want to. I mean, like, because it feels like everything's always fresh, and it just keeps unfolding in a way that I've never seen before. It's huge, but it's also... Strangely, it has the same appeal as every other Metroidvania on the market. Which is honestly on a, making it one of my favorites. On a side note, Dan sent me a message on Facebook, and I just got it just now. Nice. Yeah. Like I literally just got it. You even know, Ryan, you're the only reason I ever log into my Facebook anymore. I'm just gonna let you know. If I have to send you a message, I just because <laughs> I don't use Facebook other than that. Ah, I feel special. Ah. I think. I think. Ryan's drunken stupor is finally catching it, caught up to him. Oh my god, I'm not- <laughs> I'm not- This Let's thing see. doesn't even have that much alcohol in it! Ryan, I'm not a lightweight! Don't even try to deny it. I'm- I'm like Jeb Bush, you're not a lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <sighs> so what I've been playing is actually the Master Chief Collection on the Xbox One. So that's, really? Yeah, so that's the first four Halo games, and then they patched in ODST later. I've just been playing through the campaigns kind of they one by one. patched in ODST, goddamn. Yeah. Um, there, no, Everybody be sleeping on ODST. There's, there's no uh, reach on it yet. Uh, maybe they'll add that later, because the Master Chief isn't in Halo 3 ODST, so I don't know why that got to be patched in, but not, I don't know. Point is... Uh, I had played the second and third games way back, maybe like eight years ago, but I didn't really get them at the time. Uh, now I'm playing them and I'm kind of like, you know, this this lore and this universe is a lot more interesting than I caught on to before, and the gunplay is a lot more fun than I would have given it credit for a few even a few years ago. And, uh, you know, so far they just seem to keep getting better and better with each one because the first game has some pretty shitty level design in it that's really repetitive. Like the library, where you keep fighting the same three flood yeah. types over and over again and it <laughs> Most drags on for an hour. Most people hate the library, I'm just gonna let you know. A lot of people don't like the library. I, <clears throat> yeah, I'd say the level design is repetitive, I wouldn't say it's shitty. I, I think, but it's just like every level seems to repeat the same three rooms over and over again in the first game. And it gets boring because the levels go on for like an hour. But that once you get to Halo 2 and then by 3, it, that seems to have gone away completely. Um, so the third game has the best level design so far. And they're smart enough to keep adding more vehicle sections because those are a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been enjoying Reach that. Reach is my favorite. Yeah, I know. I love Reach. <laughs> I'll probably end up playing that later. Uh, probably because every uh, Xbox 360 game you can play in 1080p on the on the one. So it means I can just the one. Yeah, the the, the Xbox One. 
The uh, one ring to rule them all. Uh, the one halo to rule them all. Ah. See what I did there? Anyways, that, so that's what I guess you could say we came full circle. Indeed. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, this is the Unverse cast, and today we're going to be talking about Mario is Missing. Uh, but before we get to that, we got to do our fan fiction. <laughs> don't, don't we have uh, questions to answer on Twitter? Nope. I have oh, sent out a Are you sure? I am sure, Ryan. Well, uh, so yeah, today. Oh, I, I got a question from uh, I got a question from underscore ligma xxx ninety six, uh, and he says, "Can you stop reading fan fiction? I don't think poor Ryan can take it." Let's see, guys looking up for me. Bleep that out, Sonata. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, bleep that out because we don't want anyone asking what ligma is. Oh my gosh! Stop. <laughs> Make sure you bleep out the, the trigger word there as well, Sonata. Anyways, uh, hey, uh, you know, you know, I asked my mom about that. I'm like, hey, mom, no, have no, you heard of Ligma? She goes, Ligma, what's that? No, please. Ligma is Ligma is a deadly disease of the brain that paralyzes its prey and makes them vulnerable please, to attack. Please, Michael, please. Everybody, oh, wait, got can I tell a story? Can Everybody. I tell a story about fucking Ligma? Yes. So yes, you may. <laughs> I, I, I have been back in my hometown because college was out for the summer. And, you know, the people from my high school were like, oh, well, we're having people over. You should come. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not busy. So I go there. And then when I walk in, all I hear is, these nuts! Screaming. And they're <laughs> dying of laughter. It's all unironic. They're all laughing <laughs> seriously. I mean, what else can you expect from the Ligma generation? And I was actually my generation. Just... They're my age. Yes, and I'm saying that people who grew up with Webkins have a deficiency of the mind. Fuck you. We're moving on. <laughs> Ooh. Fuck. I'm man, kidding, of savage. course. I am Are kidding. You? I know, I am too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that that does sound like just the worst thing, Kadox, to go to a party and hear <laughs> nothing but that. <laughs> uh, and that's one reason why I don't keep up with the people from my high school. Oh, oh, so it's one thing, you know, to go into a party and have people unironically talk about D's nuts, but reading in a fan fiction, oh. Oh, that's I'll a different you know story. That reading fan fiction two times a day has been scientifically proven to increase brain size. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna read. Haydox has found oh, for us a brilliant fan fiction uh, to go in line with the video game we will be discussing today, and it is called Stars and Fire, a Rosalina X Bowser fanfic. Now, um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> He's talking to somebody else. Oh, okay. Um, Hello, King Ace friend and or family. I now, hope you're doing well. Now, I have a question for you guys, because one of you will probably know, and I know that Hadox is going to laugh when I ask this. Uh, oh, God. But when you, see, when, when you read that, is it Rosalina X Bowser or Rosalina Times Bowser? Because my sister... Rosalina Times Bowser. Yeah. They're being multiplied together. Okay. I never knew that. I always thought it was X. And my sister was insisting to me the other day that it's times. And I'm like, why would it be times? That makes no sense. Anyways. Yeah, I'm going to write you an equation. 
So what what would uh, all the mathematicians in the audience? What would Rosalina times Bowser be? Would that be I don't know like uh huh? So Mario uh, Rybril just posted in our chat an amazing equation. And Sonata, make sure to ask me to give this to you later while you're editing this, or you'll be fired. Uh, and honestly, I don't know the answer. I feel like if we were to solve this equation, we would be able to unlock the secrets of the universe. Oh, I think I found it. Hang on. Got it. Oh, there we go. That's the solution, everyone. Yes. Uh, so, th so that means you need, no. you need to oh, go God. out to... You need to go out to your clubs and spread this like gospel. Uh, and make sure, make sure, uh, I don't know. I can't think of how to end this joke. So we're just going to get right into it. It's, this is Stars and Fire, a Rosalina Times Bowser fanfic. Um, and apparently I can, I can already tell from the hashtag description, hashtag I did this cause I wanted to, that this is meant to be funny. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Does this have multiple chapters, or is this the whole thing? Oh, it looks like... Okay, I so... I think this is the whole thing. It's like to-be-continued sort of deal. Okay. Oh my god, it's so long. Uh, Rosalina swooned at the memory of her and Bowser spending <laughs> time together. She was currently on World S and was enjoying the wonderful music that came along with it. <laughs> now that World she was... S. Yeah, that's from Galaxy 2. That's like the last world. And the music is is just a remix of Gusty Garden. Now that she was in love, she started to notice things. The birds in some of the galaxies, the smell of honey, the color of star bits that shone so brightly. Everything had become so lovely, even trash. She could stare at it and wonder <laughs> what amazing life it lived before it became obsolete. So basically, she's that guy from American Beauty who likes the plastic bag drifting across the ground. Uh, and looking closer at other galaxies, she discovered other ones that weren't there before. Had the stardust from the supernovas created them? Well, it didn't matter. She had fun exploring them. The slimy spring galaxy was ethereal and mystical, and the sweet mystery galaxy was colorful and fun. She loved to see their sights. They were just so beautiful. Mama! Mama! Princess Peach is here! Mama, are you listening? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, Veronica. I didn't notice you there. Were you saying something about Princess Peach? She's here to see you, Mama! She says it's urgent! It is? Where is she? She's in the garden! You know, the place that we have our guests wait for you? Of course she is! Rosalina <laughs> flew up to the garden. Of course we have our guests wait for you. Rosalina flew up to the garden and calmed her sudden anxiousness. Had Peach come because she was angry at her for not coming to visit her? Would she chew her out? Would she lecture her? She entered and saw Peach standing on, sitting on a chair with her parasol leaning on it. She was observing the flowers and sipping tea quite daintily. There is a table with tea and pastries next to her. Rosalina gulped and greeted her. Oh, <laughs> Hello, princess. Of course. What, what do I owe the pleasure of seeing you? Princess Rosalina, I'm so glad to see you. King Bowser came in yesterday saying that he wouldn't kidnap me anymore because he had you. Yes. I assumed that he kidnapped you, so I just wanted to check in. Did he try anything on you? I don't like you? this. 
What? Oh, he didn't no. do anything. We just ate <sighs> stuff, and I'm in love with him. Rosalina thought worriedly. Oh, this is like, oh, this is cringe city for me. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No, he, he didn't try anything. He just came to visit. Peach narrowed her eyes, and she peered closely yeah, at Rosalina. Right. Rosalina felt the garden get just a little smaller than usual. The Once? back of her dress started to stick to her backside from sweating nervously. Oh, she luckily gosh. had her long hair to hide that. <laughs> Are you sure? We can help you if he's trying to get anything from you. You're not alone in this. Oh, no. Yes, yes, I am sure. If you must know, the only thing that we did was eat cake and drink tea on a ship. It was very nice. That was a mistake. Peach's eyes were now slits. She was very obviously judging her. You had a tea party with King Bowser? I did. I see. This had gone too far. Rosalina felt thirsty and her back was practically dripping with sweat. She would definitely have to take a shower after this. Peach gave her a bit of a repulsed look. What is it that you both of you talked about? Rosalina looked down to the ground to avoid Peach's eyes. His children? Nothing else? Peach's facial features turned to reveal a disgusted expression. His children? Yes. Peach sighed. Oh, Rosalina, you can't simply say that you had a tea party with Bowser. Everyone knows about that now. How do you think that would reflect on you or me? Rosalina did not answer. King Bowser is a terrorist. If you ate with him, your reputation would be ruined. People would assume that you were his concubine. Do you know how people view concubines? This is my favorite line. Rosalina was starting was starting to feel anxious. King Bowser is a terrorist. She was having a panic attack, but she mustered up the courage to speak up. She oh. was no concubine. <laughs> I know that oh my Bowser, gosh, a concubine King Bowser line again? has done many terrible things, but I'm developing a friendship with him so that he doesn't have to kidnap you or anyone else. I'm trying to make things better for you. Rosalina, you have to you have to realize that a lizard like Bowser can't change his personality. He's just a dumb terrorist that thinks he deserves everything. You can't give him what he wants. Rosalina felt a bit offended at Peach calling Bowser a lizard, but she had to pretend to have a change of heart if she wanted to be left alone. I understand. I'll do my best to cut ties with him, okay? Peach's smile for Peach's face turned into a lovely smile at hearing those words. Thank you. I know that that may have been hard, but it's for the best. So I'm glad that you decided to do it. <laughs> Fucking 180. You can come and visit anytime you'd like, all right? Rosalina's stomach churned at the thought of not being able to see Bowser. She loved him so much that it hurt. But she forced a smile and looked directly at Peach's eyes. They were vacant. Her blue orbs did not hold any emotion. Of course, Princess Peach. I look forward to seeing you again. Peach's smile widened more, and she left Rosalina. And it says Peaches, so I, I assume that they mean um, <laughs> Manny, Manny and, and Queen Latifah's daughter from Ice Age three and four. I was just thinking about how there were multiple Peaches. Um, <laughs> and five. Uh, let's see. Uh, thank you for the tea. You're welcome. When Peach left, Rosalina took a shower and made dinner for all of the Lumas. She ate silently while observing her children frolic and eat with one another, but she was too worried to enjoy it. Uh, after that, she changed into her nightdress and slipped under the covers, but she couldn't sleep. She tossed and turned and finally broke down in tears, but nobody heard her because she cried very silently, her tears wetting the pillow her head was resting on. And after a night this of is... no sleep, she rose from her, from her bed and prepared breakfast for her Luna. Lumas. What were you saying, Hidox? 
why does why does this like written fine like <laughs> i wonder why, this i feel like we're can... this i think sonic high school and, just and ruined why, us. why peach is very <laughs> peach is very fixated on calling bowser a dumb terrorist <laughs> mama are you okay there's a letter from you from a man named king bowser there is may i see it Rosalina suddenly felt very anxious and began to shake. A letter from Bowser was both exciting but very concerning as well. Thank goodness nobody intercepted it before she did. The envelope was a soft yellow and had Bowser's insignia on the top right corner with stars around it. Underneath it were the words Darklands Shooting Star Delivery Service. The weight wasn't that of a regular card, perhaps something was stashed in it? But alas, Rosalina had duties to attend to, so she placed the letter on her vanity and went to do her job. She cruised all around every single galaxy that she knew of. All 91 galaxies were free of anything bad. She was able to prevent a fast foe comet before they reached supermassive galaxy. If that had happened, it would have been disastrous. Then making Why? lunch and eating with Lumas, almost <laughs> forgot about the letter. I love the attention to detail in this. It's like... <laughs> Oh god. The wait was agonizing, but at least it gave her something to look forward to. And that was what mattered, right? Well, finally, it was bedtime, and all the Lumas settled down into their favorite spots in the observatory. Rosalina took oh a shower gosh. and changed into a nightdress. She sat down on the seat in front of her vanity and picked up the envelope. The envelope had a nice texture. It was smooth and crisp all around. It was a very light yellow. Rosalina carefully opened it so that the envelope wouldn't tear. She took out the paper with the creamy color. It had a pretty pattern on the edges. Fire oh. flowers and rubies sprinkled here and there made the mustard-colored paper letter. beautiful. But now it's not the time to think about how intricate the design was. It was time to read the letter. Dear Rosalina, how are you? I wanted to make sure that you were okay, but I did want to talk to something about you. I may have drunk a little too much Koopa wine after our date. I went to the Mushroom Kingdom and yelled at everyone saying, You mushroom dildos will bow down to the power of the corn fart and experience the pain of birth giving. What? That's actually not what I said, but I wanted to make you feel weird. Anyway, what I did say was that I didn't need Peach's dainty little ass since you were my girlfriend now. I insulted her to her face. I know that that was brash and stupid, but I was drunk. I guess the point of me writing wow. this letter was to say that I'm sorry. I wasn't being responsible, so I apologize. Anyway, so I wanted to tell you about the place where I'm going to take you on our next date. It's at my castle. There's a section of it where there is a restaurant called The Palace. There's going to be nice music playing and great food, too. But do you know what's the best thing about it? I'll bring two of my kids, Bowser Jr. and Iggy. It's fancy, so dress appropriately. With love... Bowser. Rosalina was stunned and she didn't even know how to feel about the letter. Let's see, there was- this is so long. There was the apology and an explanation. Bowser got drunk after their first date and directly insulted Princess Peach. Peach. She felt somewhat disappointed with Bowser's actions and did what was right. And then there was the date. He said he was going to bring his children with him. That was exciting, especially since it was going to be in his land and at his palace. She pondered over the letter's words. Bowser called her his girlfriend and said that they were going to go on a date. Was she was she really more than just a friend, or was that just a typo? But then there was another piece of writing she had almost missed. P.S. Oh the day after this letter arrives, I will send you a few presents. There's also All something right, in the envelope that I want you to see. I hope you like it. 
Rosalina looked back at the envelope. Oh, please be a dick pic. Please be a dick pic. I think that's no, okay, what she pause. Is. We might want to stop because it, it doesn't. It's just like it's wholesome. What's the fun in that? <laughs> well, I mean, we don't have much left to read at this point. So they might All as well right, finish, we'll finish it. it. Right. So Nada can cut it up because it's it's too wholesome for me. I wanted like a nitty gritty. No, this that is was like Fox perfect. I, I was... for me. This is like I like I feel like I'm connecting with my middle school <laughs> self here. <laughs> I feel like I would have wrote something like this. She took out the object, and what she found was a small rectangular box. She opened it and found a beautiful ruby locket. There was a smaller sapphire on each side, and it was all connected by a silver chain. It was beautiful, and she loved it. And in the box was also sapphire teardrop earrings that were to be worn with this necklace. Never in her life had someone give her something like this. It was so thoughtful. Rosalina felt tears roll down her face as she happily wore the jewelry from her beloved Koopa. She would cherish his gift and never lose it. She put it all back into the envelope and put that in the middle drawer of her vanity. She would also have to come up with the gift for Bowser. She didn't care what Peach said or what others thought of her. She loved Bowser, and that was all that mattered. Aww. Yeah, I, I, I think... After having read the scene where Sana gives sex thinking to the lunch lady, I think we're just our minds. <laughs> our, our minds are in the you gutter. You can't top that. Yeah, you you can't talk top the what the fuckery of Sonic High School. But you know what? Maybe we don't need to. Maybe every once in a while we just need something sweet, which is what I think I said in the last episode. But still. Yeah, but you know, I know what, I know what you were thinking or saying there, Hadox. That this was just this was also too good. We need more. We, like, we need some. I need to find the muse. We need to find the Sonic High School again. No, yeah, we need. To. No, we can't be. We can't chase that dragon. <laughs> yes, we can. We can't be doing that to ourselves. It's like we, we hated it at the time, but ever since we finished, no, I loved it at the time. About. <laughs> no. I hated it. I loved it. it at the time. What are I've you talking about? I've always hated it. <laughs> uh, well, Sonic High School was the, the best it, thing to happen to get, this. Okay, what we need to do is we need people to scout fanfics for us. Yeah. Yes. I mean, okay, I feel like the people that listen to this could probably judge what would better appear here. And plus, so then we don't have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll I'll try to find a better one for next time. Regardless, all right. Uh, so today we're gonna be talking about Mario's missing. It sucks. All right. So now we're gonna move on to the next game we're gonna be talking about today. That being Super Mario Galaxy for the Nintendo Wii. It sucks. Moving on. <laughs> I, I I set that up and you delivered, Ryan. And you didn't disappoint. Uh, so yeah, this is kind of a big topic. So, uh, King K, why don't you kick us off here on the Super Mario oh. Galaxy discussion? Like, what what was your first experience with the game? Well, good sir, I got it on launch day. I remember that because I got one of those Luma coins with it. Oh, I had one of those, those too, but I lost it. I don't know where it went. Yeah, I lost mine too. I don't know where it is, but I remember getting it. And being and being very happy that I had Mario Galaxy, <laughs> and then I played it all day. It basically like there's not a whole lot to tell here. I I played it a lot, and I fell in love with it, and I still love it. Mm. And it's actually it's <laughs> spoiler alert. It's it's probably my favorite Mario, though. 
Not a bad Galaxy choice. Two is the, is, Galaxy 2 is the one that I've played the least. So, perhaps... Whoa, that was a loud noise. Okay. Perhaps coming back to Galaxy 2 would change that opinion, but I'm not sure. So right now, I'm just saying Galaxy, because... I feel like it does what I... Like, just gives me a special feeling inside. And handle it, like... <laughs> there are rarely points in Galaxy where I feel anything other than, like, admiration and happiness, so... I think mm. that's a good sign. Alright. Uh, now, to counterpoint that, Ryan, why don't you tell us about your first experience with Galaxy? Well, fun fact, this was actually the first 3D Mario game I ever played. Interesting. And, as such, I didn't really like it at all, because I didn't know what to make of it. Because, like, you go from playing, like, Super Mario... Like, well, like, Super Mario the NES, or Mario 3, Mario World... New Super Mario Bros. on the DS, and then all of a sudden you play Mario Galaxy. All of a sudden you're in space, there's all these gravity things. It just, it made no sense to me, and I kind of hated it when I was a kid. But then, when I was in high school, like around my sophomore or junior year, I started feeling, feeling like weirdly nostalgic towards the Wii, so I just, I started collecting a bunch of games that I had when I was a kid. Mario Galaxy was one of them. I sat down, I played it through, and this was actually the first platformer that I ever played to 100% completion. I got Luigi out of it, too. Huh. And, at, you know, I didn't, I still didn't love it, but I liked it a lot, and I liked what it was trying to do. And also, at that point, I had Mario 64 underneath my belt, and I'm like, whoa, shit, this is way better than that. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, but, like, after a while, I started to appreciate the little things. And even some of, like, the bigger things, too, where it's just, like, this feels very, like, like, grand and epic and monumental. Like, the way how the music just, just blares out of the fucking TV. This was, like, this was either the first or one of the first Mario games to have, like, a live orchestra, right? It was either this or Galaxy 2. Uh, it was Galaxy 1, yeah. Galaxy 1, yeah. And just, like, it's it was very cinematic, and I didn't remember that. I didn't remember it being that cinematic when I was a kid. So when I played it in high school, it gripped me. I didn't love it, but I definitely grew more attached to it later on. And to this so, day, I still look fondly at it. So, I like it. To mm -hmm. add to what Ryan is saying, I, uh... I'm, I'm a lot younger than you. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't think we need to hammer that point in anymore. Webkin's but, generation. Um, Yes, the the hey, W I was generation. Webkin's generation too. All right, just so you know. King K's with me. He's with but me for so the weird. harassment. It's so weird that because I think Ryan is like the second oldest of the four of us, and I'm the oldest. Like, How old are you? Because I'm 23. I'm 20. I'm almost 24 at this point. Uh, oh, so we're about the same age. Yeah, roughly the same age. But it's it's weird hearing your generation talk about how webkins were everywhere when you were growing up. Because back when mm. I was growing up, around the same age, n those didn't exist and nobody cared about them. So, right. like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess that to me is just like, that was the thing that you guys grew up with that, you know, there wasn't really an equivalent. It was our bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, anyways uh, I, I wanted to say that my first exposure to Mario Galaxy was playing, I never owned the game. And I still don't own it, technically. Um, I played it at my cousin's house, and this was when I was, like, in elementary school still. 
like going into middle school kind of and I remember we used to play the two player and if anybody here has watched Michael's hard mode playthrough of it he knows it's basically like a worse version of the tingle tuner where all of the safeties are unlocked and the play second player can screw you over in so many ways just watch it's watch so the funny. zebras play through if you want to see more because my brother did not pull any punches even though he would periodically sheathe his sword, as he would say. Sonata, put in that famous exo screen. Yeah, and if you don't know which <laughs> one, I'll is. help you find it, Sonata. <laughs> the the, yeah. the point of that is that I experienced Mario Odyssey with a two-person thing. Mario Odyssey? And that's why I thought Future, or Mario Galaxy, sorry. Yeah, we're and talking about a good game here. <laughs> Jeez. Speaking of sheathing your swords, you you might want to do that, Ryan, because they're it's three against one on on Galaxy. As far as I can tell, you seem to agree uh, that Galaxy is good. But wait, three against one? What? I don't know. I mean, I still think Odyssey is a good game. I can criticize. But you said three against one on Galaxy. I don't know. I'm confused now. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> I was confused too. All right. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's like all I had to say, Michael. Us. You go. You go. I, I had a two-player fun, and my cousin and I used to fuck each other over, and we'd scream at each other. And one time, I threw a Wii remote at his face. <laughs> you know, I have a si- I have a similar story about that. I was playing that mini game where you have to like blow up the garbage with the bob bombs, and yeah, yeah. I got so mad that I like jackrabbit kicked my brother in the butt. And <laughs> you guys know what I mean by jackrabbit kick, right? <laughs> is that like a rhino hump? No, it, I bas- basically I repeatedly rapid shot kicked him in the butt multiple times, and I got my oh video my games God. taken away for a week. <laughs> so that was something that happened because I I've never been good at anger management. I think I, that needs to come out on the table. <gasps> and the funny thing is, is that I can picture you doing that in your age. Yeah, I probably. You know, like he fucking screws you over at Wind Waker, and he's going. The, mo- he's the most I did ass. then was unplug his tingle tuner, so he couldn't bug me anymore. <laughs> that happens a couple times. Every- everybody go watch. Everybody go watch the Zebros playthrough of Wind Waker, or my brother's on tingle tuner and screwing me over the whole game. It's funny. Uh. Uh, and while you're at it, be sure to watch Zebras play Mario Galaxy. You won't regret it. Yeah, both both of those have a similar appeal. Uh, yeah. Uh, so did you have more to say, Hadox, or...? No, you go. I okay. passed the baton. <laughs> the, the baton, the baton that Ryan can't handle is know-how. Um, yeah, so I think it needs to be stressed. Because usually when I re- when I review games on remake or rebreak especially, because that's always about the legacy of the past versus the present, and you know, taking things that were considered kind of monumental at the time and finding ways to improve them in the present, you know. Uh, and so usually, I don't know. I hate to keep picking on Ocarina of Time, but that's like the perfect example of a game that was like this monumental masterpiece for its time that changed everything. Um, and usually, with most of those kinds of games, I did not get to experience them when they came out. I wasn't really in that sort of cultural bubble. But Galaxy is a case where I actually was there. 
And I think it needs to be stressed that if you weren't there at the time, how groundbreaking this game was in 2007 and how big it was, not just as a Mario game, but as a game in general. Like this game compared, like you go from Sunshine where it's, where it's like this kind of small island with this very specific theme to Mario going into space and doing gravity platforming and fighting all these huge crazy bosses and going through all these crazy different environments and it was like the first time uh, since Super Mario World that we got to see some of these enemies in 3D and this this game was huge at the time and that very much paints uh, is that emotion is very much painted over by first experience with Galaxy 1 uh, it came out on my 13th birthday uh, so hearing that Hadox was in elementary school at the time is kind of like... Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, shows the age difference, I think. Uh, but, you know, and I got to play the game a day early, around the time of my birthday. And it was, like I said, it was... It was like uh, I was going into the monolith in 2001. It was like that mind-boggling at the time. And... Now, in terms of the game today, I still think it, on the whole it holds up, but we'll have plenty of time to kind of discuss that in more detail here. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when I first got it, my jaw was just on the floor the whole time. <laughs> I just played, I kept playing it and playing it, and I was like, what the fuck, like, how did they work this magic? Kind of fucking, what are they on? Yeah. Like, I probably did not think that when I was that young, but you know. Because Mario 64 and Sunshine, as good as those games are, I know Ryan will disagree on the former, uh, were very kind of confined games, if that makes any sense. It was like using a very small amount of level geometry, and while the games had some length to them, it was, you know, just kind of by the nature of collectathons and why they were created and how they play, it felt like a smaller focused game compared to something like Mario World where you have all these unique levels and then you move on to Galaxy and it was like the first time ever seeing something remotely like a 2D Mario game in 3D and having that much level geometry to play around and I think that's part of why it was so you know I guess impressive at the time uh, but I, I also kind of feel like collectathons are just inherently more lax than like straight up platformers are, you know? Yeah. So I when also... Galaxy came out, it was like this big grandiose thing. Yeah. And it was it was like huge, like in huge in terms of like it felt like there was more to do in it, even if it's not like technically true. Mm -hmm. it, it felt like there was more to do in it that was unique and like diverse, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, Hadox, I heard you trying to get a word in earlier. Did you have a thought? Oh, sure. No, I. It's it's not one of those things. Um, it was just like a side note too. I remember um, very distinctively. Very distinctly. Is that that's a that's the word? Yeah, that's right? the word. Distinctly. Um, the the music of Galaxy was the main thing that blew me away oh, when I was yeah. younger. Oh yeah, definitely. Like the live orchestra and the way the the tracks were composed as opposed yeah. to something like sunshine which was my only other experience with mario at the time and i think new super mario bros around the time did that come out before galaxy uh, right the ds one came out in 2005 yeah. 
But the Wii yeah. one didn't come out till 2010, I think, or 2009. So it it was a different symphonic sound that you were hearing that you had never heard before in another Mario game, which only added to the levels that were so different from Sunshine, because I never played Mario 64 back then. Yeah. So it was like, I went from Sunshine, which is like, you know, Flood and a lot of uh, more linear platforming, and obviously not having the 3D effect. And then you go to Galaxy, which um, doesn't have the island theme. It has a more, like, open orchestral sound and, like, an open open platforming more so than Sunshine had, I'd argue, which we can get to in a bit. Uh, but, like... I don't know about that. Whatever. Uh, We're going to breeze past that quick. Yeah. Um, I'm, on, I'm on a roll here. Um, I remember... This is, this is the main memory. I remember... Uh, if you, I don't know if any of you fucked with Groove Shark, Groove Shark, Groove Shark. That's what it was called. Do you know what that I, is? I've never heard of it. It was like is that like some kind of game shark. No, it it it's like a, a game shark for move for music. So you could listen to like pretty much any song and it'd be unblocked in school. So like. When I'd go to school to, like, write an essay for, or, like, do a project on the computer, I'd, like, sneak headphones in, these wireless, like, earbuds, put a hoodie on, and just listen to the Mario Galaxy main theme in the computer lab. Mm-hmm. It was sick. I just, I you love know, I can't Mario say Galaxy. I even listened to music enough for me to find that viable, <laughs> but I do remember blasting... <laughs> On my, on my desktop, I remember downloading the Twilight Princess Hyrule Field theme and blasting yeah. it all day for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why that came to hit my mind, but that was like the only time I would just go out of my way to listen to music outside of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and since we're, as long as we're talking about the music, we might as well uh, discuss that a little bit more. And... Uh, I do think that compared to previous Mario games, it did definitely have this big sound. Like, the, like we were used to Sonic having, like, live-recorded rock and roll music for ages at this point, but, like, playing a Mario game in 2007 that had a full orchestra in some songs was really groundbreaking songs? at the time. Like, pieces. I'm sorry, Gavin. Uh... <laughs> Because because ever since then, uh, all every Mario game that's come out since it's just expected to have live recorded music in it. Uh, like even up to Odyssey, Odyssey has a fully orchestra or a, a live recorded soundtrack for every single track, does, except for a couple of the. Does 3D there's a couple World of have a live yeah. soundtrack? It does. Full big band. Okay. Full big band recording all the music for that game. Yeah. And that, I think, is a point of contrast uh, with Galaxy 1, because, you know, while it was, I definitely agree that it was impressive, I think it's worth noting that maybe 70% of the soundtrack is still sequenced. And I think that's right. something that a lot of people overlook. There's like maybe five or six orchestral tracks in the game, but everything else is sequenced. Uh, like Honey Hive Galaxy, that's sequenced. Uh, this the little jingle that plays whenever you get a star that's sequenced. Uh, lots of the level themes are sequenced, but then you have like a few things like uh, Bowie Base, uh, the Bowser's Road, uh, the Comet Observatory, Gusty Garden, and uh, Good Egg Galaxy. And maybe there are a couple more I'm like, forgetting. 
I kind of like uh, the sequence sound for like Honey Hive Galaxy, though. Yeah, I mean, I it's still it a good fits. song. I'm just saying yeah. that people tend to overlook the fact that this, the soundtrack is not fully orchestrated like later Mario games are. Right. Uh, and that's the point I wanted to stress. And it's some, and it's uh, a breadcrumb I want to leave for when we talk about Galaxy 2 later. Uh, but, okay. yeah. So, good, and it, you know, it's not like sequenced music is bad or anything. Most video games have sequenced music. Sound, Sunshine sounded great, and that was sequenced, so mm. I have no complaints to that. Yeah, I don't know what to say other than I've, I love the music. It, uh, hard to say what I like more, but I, I don't know, because Sunshine and Galaxy in terms of, and Galaxy 2, actually, uh, in terms of music are like very close together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 64 has never like totally clicked with me aside from a few songs, but like Sunshine and Galaxy and Galaxy 2 are the cases where I'm like, I like almost every song in these damn games, you know, like is not one that I dislike. It's kind of impressive. Or yeah. even one that I'm just met on. It's it's like they all just draw me in so well. I don't know how they fucking did that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I should note that it was the first game uh, that a Nintendo composer named Mahito Yokota worked on. Um, he would later continue to work on the series for 3D Land, 3D World, and Galaxy 2. Ooh. Uh, and he, for some reason, he didn't have anything to do with Odyssey, which I thought was weird. Oh no! But he, hold on, my, my dog. Oh. Uh, but it's it's. I think Mahito Yokota also worked on um, Skyward Sword soundtrack as well. Pretty sure he's credited. And I think the the idea to go fully orchestral is actually Koji Kondo's idea. I think. Because uh, I think Mahito Yokota made a couple of demos that were like the usual silly kind of Mario music, and if you look up beta Mario Galaxy music, you can even find one of them. Gaming podcast. <laughs> He's talking to his dog. Uh, and, I don't know, so I'm glad that someone came up with the idea to try orchestra music, because it's, you know, live recorded music is something that's stuck with the Mario series ever since. Sorry about that. You are not forgiven. 20 okay, lashes! So how about... Yeah, 20 lashes. Uh, so, <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Ryan, yeah. you mentioned earlier that this game is kind of cinematic. Why don't you walk us through that a little bit? Uh, I mean, in what way? Like, with the way how it presents the story and stuff? Yeah, like, just the story in general and presentation. I mean, like, honestly, I'm just more so surprised that... That it, they even that they even bothered like I, I don't know I don't know what you want me to say like well so I remember you kind of telling us that you know I remember this from your review of Sunshine at least that you thought that it was a noble effort yeah but ultimately the and you would have liked to see them try something like that again just done better mm -hmm. okay so I think okay alright so I do think Galaxy was a good step to take I just wish that they also went just a little bit more with the story. Like, the whole thing with Rosalina is that, you know, with the whole library thing, is that, yeah, that story is there. That story is interesting. I'm still not a huge fan of Rosalina. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. She's kind of like a plank of wood, but with the backstory. But, like, 
my, my, that, and that stems from the fact that there really still isn't much of a story that the game is telling. Like, the story is there, but you don't have to read it if you don't want to. I just wish there was, like... Yeah. Okay, you so... You want to know something interesting about the... You want to know something interesting about that real that? quick? <laughs> Which might explain why the game is the way it is. Um, and I'm not trying to paint anybody with, like, a bad target here. I'm just trying to explain that I've... I've read up on how the Rosalina stuff was incorporated, specifically the picture book mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, I'm I'm fairly certain that Miyamoto did not want that in the game and that Koizumi snuck it into the game. <laughs> um, and that's the only reason that that stuff is even in it at all, because... This story does not focus on Toad, so it will not be <laughs> in the game. I know that... Ex but that's the thing is that Miyamoto took a stance that he did not want a story in the galaxy like it involved like Rosalina backstory stuff because he just wasn't about that mm. you know and he's he's never really been about that but um, from what I've read and heard around from from people that I trust uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain Koizumi snuck that into the game and it just kind of happened because Koizumi I think Koizumi did that a lot throughout the series and I think his effects are more pronounced in something like uh, the Odyssey, you know, but yeah, um, I think that's just important to note. I think that to to maybe help explain why Mario was like that for so long, and why it kind of felt like they were they were they were only willing to branch out in specific select areas, mm -hmm. you know, yeah like aesthetically and all that and like gameplay wise but like they they wanted to stick to what what Miyamoto started which is you know because like again like the thing is with me is I like I, well even I'm a Sonic fan I like Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 and with that I mean like they have good character moments you know like Amy and Gamma have good character moments in Sonic Adventure 1 Shadow goes through really good development in Sonic Adventure 2. And in Sonic Unleashed, there's, like, some good stuff in there as well. And it's, like, I just, like, at the time when I was a kid, really the only platformer that I ever played was Sonic, you know? So that was just kind of, like, the norm, the status quo, you know? And I always just, I would have liked to see Mario take that direction as well. Maybe not to, like, not maybe not, like, as dramatic as something like Sonic Adventure 2. But, like, even, like, with something like A Hat in Time, for example, you know, it's like, there are stakes in the game. Like, there like there are points in the story where, like, the stakes are pretty high, but at the same time, it's still very tongue-in-cheek. So I would, I would still like to see a Mario game have, you know, that kind of story, or, or have yeah. that kind of focus, have that kind of character development. But at the same time, I can't really say that I'm expecting it. And I, I guess I kind of I thought don't... that Mario Galaxy would go in that direction of it being, like, super cinematic and, I guess, character-driven. character, dri character driven. Because, like, with all the backstory with Rosalina, but even then, in the actual game itself, she doesn't really do much. Besides at the very end, when there's, like, the whole black hole thing, and the galaxy's reborn, and all that stuff. I don't think Galaxy needed a story, and I don't think... I also don't think, you know, Mario works well with a story. Um, I think there are ways... To maybe do it well but like even something like sunshine even though i love it unironic i mean ironically um it's really dumb you know <laughs> <laughs> when you really think about it it's so stupid 
Like, there's an imposter Mario well, running I th- around I think with also a paintbrush. when you just take a cursory glance at it, you can see... Uh, <laughs> there's the literally a part where Mario and Shadow Mario are walking around in the capital of Isle <laughs> Delfino, and his sentence does not get lifted. <laughs> so when you look at it that way, yeah, I mean, I think any way you look at Sunshine's story, it's dumb. But that's part but of what it, makes it, it so funny. Like, yeah. But also, again, like, when I... When I first played Mario Galaxy, I had already played Sonic Unleashed, so I played Mario Galaxy after it came out initially. Like, I didn't play it launch day or even launch year. I played a little bit after that. But, you know, I have Sonic Unleashed under my belt. For the Wii, anyways, because I didn't have uh, Xbox or PS3 yet. You know, and I just remember, like, oh, wow, this is probably, like, the best Sonic story I've ever experienced. It's really fucking good. And that opening CG cutscene and the ending, it's just like... Wow, it's really emotional, and the supersonic transformation, that's really cool. And then, you know, I play Mario Galaxy, I'm like, oh, so Mario's going in that direction too, and it really didn't. It's just like, after the beginning, there's not really anything after that. And that just kind of bummed me out. So. And I do think that something, an observation I'd like to share about Galaxy's story is that at the time, uh, Ryan, that game did do for me what Unleashed seemed to do for you. Mm. It seemed like, oh, this the series that didn't really bother that much with story is seemingly kind of upping the ante. And, and in terms of presentation, it definitely feels kind of that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, you have much more grandiose cutscenes with, like, an orchestral score. There's that scene where Bowser's, like, on the airship and he goes right in front of Peach's castle and, like, steam is coming out of his nose, nostrils, and he's like... Roar! That was the first game we had where Bowser has his current voice. Mm-hmm. And back then, that... Oh, Bowser means business now. Because you compare that to the voice he had in Sunshine... Yeah. When he was in the hot tub, it's like, yeah, it's no contest. This Bowser is way better than that one. And uh, then there's the ending, which, spoiler alert, a uh, big black hole appears in the center of the universe and everything gets destroyed. Uh, but the Luma sacrifice themselves to basically remake the universe. And like, you're watching these cutscenes back when this game came out, and it felt like something really different for Mario and also something really grand. But I think watching it again today, you know, it's like Ryan is saying, like when you peel back the grander presentation, it's just the same story we've seen in every Mario game ever, pretty much. Bowser kidnaps the princess, Mario stops him. And, you know, in terms of in that sense, the plot really isn't anything that's special or new. It's just the presentation makes it seem that way. The presentation was improved, but not like the actual storytelling. And I know and that to me. And that's exactly why I love it. I mean, because I, I don't need that shit. I don't need anything more elaborate in Mario, unless it's yeah. in the RPGs, and then they can do whatever you know. But um, in the actual platformer, here's the thing that I need. I need real. I need good context that isn't. Yeah, this is gonna sound very harsh, but <laughs> I need good context that isn't. Hey, look at these pixie sprites that Bowser kidnapped <laughs> and put in bottles, and then you go through clear pipe, and then you're in weird worlds. Like I, I, I don't know. It's, stuff, stuff like that really just feels off to me because then nothing feels memorable. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. when you frame something the way that you frame Galaxy, it feels like a memorable game with a memorable start to finish, you know? 
And it's not because the characters are going through grand development or anything. It's because I, I like Mario. Mario's doing what he always does, but here's this cool new character who's helping out, you know? And she helps out at the yeah, end. Yeah, at the very end. It's like, I don't really need to know a whole lot about Rosalina to, like, be interested in her, because I don't need to know a whole lot about most Mario characters to be interested in them, because they don't... They don't often have a lot of depth to them. I'm kind of surprised that they added any depth to Rosalina at all, if I'm, I'm honest. I, I'm just saying that I would like to see more depth in the characters, though. Why not? I mean... I mean, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not shaming anyone for wanting that. I'm just saying that I, I usually don't need it. Yeah. Like, and like I think, you, you remember? I think King K has a good point about, um, the way Galaxy frames something. That's a really good point. Please, when you get around to, uh, the Mario Galaxy retrospective, please, like, say that, because that's fucking genius. Yeah. Um, and certainly I agree that... You know, it, it's I I like it is very memorable. I, I haven't thought about that way. Like the way Mario Galaxy is framed, like I definitely remember the intro with like you know the, the whole cinematic like that was Bowser's the, attacking the, that was the, the first festival time and everything. Had, that was the first time we had seen airships in a 3D Mario game as well. Yeah. So that felt special at the time. Like I didn't know that, but it felt like sick. You were like running to Peach, who was like getting fucked by it. not okay. Then. She was getting, like, <laughs> attacked by Bowser. No, wasn't um, Rosalina the one fucking Bowser? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, not yet. <laughs> not uh, yet. I guess we'll find out if that author continues his or her story. But see, Haydox, <laughs> the, the thing is, and um, the thing that I'm bringing up is that, like, there's only two moments like that in the entire game. It's the very beginning and the very yeah. ending. And I'm just saying, I would like, I would have liked I to see more like... of that sprinkled in throughout the entire game. Like, you remember in Sonic Unleashed how you could see those little, um, like, the little skit scenes with Sonic and Chip where, like, they're running through Holaska and then Chip's trying to eat, like, a chocolate, like, a chocolate bar, but it's frozen solid. Or when they're on, like, the beach or when they're in China and then they're fighting over the dumplings. Like, stuff like that, okay, you know? It gave, Ryan, it gives the... I'm gonna keep it real with you, Chief. I fucking hate well, Chip just... with an undying passion. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's great, but I'm just saying, oh, like, wow. I would've liked to see something like that and the Mario, because like it, no, it, it would have given the game I mean, just a bit more flavor, you know. It would have, because again, right. it happens at the beginning, it happens at the end. I would have liked to see some more stuff in the middle and that kind of stuff, the little side stuff that gives like the world a bit more depth or the characters just a bit more depth. You know, I'm not asking, for, I'm not asking for, for like a of... fucking like, like an ocean or anything like that. Mm. Just a little something. That's it. But, but even like I don't know. For me, it the potential is lacking, of course. Um... But, like, obviously, hindsight, you could say, like, oh, they could have added something in between. But for what it is, you know, just saying, like, yeah, they could have obviously done more. But for what it is and how it's simple, you know, there's there's a lot happening at the beginning. It gives you your drive to, you know, progress in the game. And then you have the final encounter with Bowser. I think that's fine. Yeah, and I yeah. like that a lot. And I'm not, I'm not and of like, course, obviously, more stuff would be appreciated, but like, I don't know, I still love it. I, I'm not like docking off points or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like Mario Galaxy is a worse game because of that or anything like that. Because again, like what it is, it's good. I like Mario Galaxy a lot and I like what it tried to do. I'm just saying like if they wanted to go in that direction again, you know, if they wanted to be more cinematic and stuff like that again. Maybe try something like that. Maybe instead of having just a good hook and then a good, you know, a good resolution, have some more stuff in between. You know, like, I'm not saying 
you know, it's just for future context, like for for another game later down the road if they choose to do it again. That's just what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, did Personally, I thought that Odyssey had a pretty good plot. At least it was very creative. It, w- it wasn't grand like Galaxy was, but it, it did feel like Bowser's gonna make, get married to Peach and steal all this stuff, and they're these no, evil there wedding planners. Thing. I thought it was yeah, cute. That's, that why, was that's why Odyssey is so interesting to me, because the way that it is framed is very unique. You could say, like, as bad as Sunshine's plot can be, you could say the same thing. Sunshine mm-hmm. has a frame of context. It's that Mario goes on vacation. He has to clean shit, you know? Yeah, that's, that's like unique at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just like you don't have you don't even have to try that hard. You just have to please do something more than Sprixies in a bottle. <laughs> than what 3D World did. All right. <laughs> I'll. I'll well, 3D right. Land was even more I, I have a problem. I, I have a problem with 3D World. We'll get around to it. <laughs> I, I have several problems with 3D World, and it's really hard to keep them bottled up. Bottled up like a Sprixies! Like the fucking pun. The fucking pun. Uh, I guess the last observation I wanted to have is I agree with all the other above, but I think, to me, the presentation and the story is like an aspect that has aged for me. Because that's going to be a theme of my commentary on Galaxy 1, is that the game, it came out over 10 years ago at this point. And this thing that, this game that was really impressive and groundbreaking at the time, has kind of suffered, not to the same extent as Ocarina, but definitely had kind of a decrease in status for me over time, as elements that I used to remember being amazing, just kind of come off as... No, not as impressive as they used to. I think the story is definitely one of them for the reasons that Ryan has mentioned, and also for the fact that when you get underneath the grand exterior, it's just a very simple Bowser kidnaps Peach story again. I don't know, it just doesn't seem as special as it used to be. I'll agree that it gives a memorable context to the game, and that matters, uh, but in terms of being like an actually great story, uh, on its own terms, I don't necessarily think that that's what it is. It's just kind of presentation of her uh, substance. That's all I've got to say about that. So I guess gameplay? Uh, King K, why don't you kick us off on gameplay? There, There's... Okay. So, you go from... I, anyway, went from 64... Well, technically I went from Sunshine to 64, but... In the way that those two games are similar anyway, so I go from those two games to Galaxy. And I... It's weird, because... I didn't really notice how different they were. If that's... Like, if that makes sense, they... Because Galaxy is quite different in terms of level design. Because it's incredibly linear, because there are more levels to work with. And aside from, like, paths that jut off for different stars, it's a very linear game that focuses on challenge more than it does what like exploration and stuff. Yeah. So, it, it, like, you gotta know how much I loved sixty four and Sunshine just because they were free roam games. Uh-huh. That like y- you have to know how impressive Galaxy was that it even got me at all because I wasn't like that into those types of games or rather I just hadn't played a lot of those types of games 
so like i had no experience with 2d mario except for like advance on my game boy whatever the remake of two was yeah that's a, yeah i played that a bit but that was my only exposure to 2d mario so like the idea of of 2d mario and 3d never never quite reached me it still doesn't really reach me today because I have I still have not a lot of experience with 2D Mario. But the 3D world, grumble, grumble. I, I get I get the point because I'm I can put it into context now. But at the time, it impressed me, and now it impresses me because yeah. even though it is, even though they like they just decided on a whim, like hey, let's be faithful now, as opposed to like think, whatever the fuck they were experimenting. With. I think it was a technical. I, thing because part of the reason collectathons were created was we only have so much cartridge space or disk yeah. space so we'll make a few kind of bigger environments that you do a lot of stuff in and then you jump to the Wii and you have these bigger double-sided four gigabyte discs now you can do more environments and stuff I think Sunshine yeah, that's, that's probably exactly why it happened but I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say is that usually I would I would hate that kind of thing happening because what I've come to love is like suddenly different and changed and like, but for some reason I, I just connected with it immediately. And I think yeah. that's a testament to how well the, the levels are designed because they, they're, they're all, they all have that thing that I love about 64 and sunshine in that all of the levels visually are incredibly appealing, mostly thanks to the blanket of the space theme that just kind of helps lend it an air of uniqueness that I had never seen before, you know, with the yeah. gravity gimmick too. And it made them all super interesting to explore and kind of, like, I felt like, you know, I'm in space. I mean, I'm Mario in space, but I, <laughs> I'm in space. And especially with levels like uh, the... Whatever level... I don't want to get the name wrong, but it's a level that has, like, the, the very somber kind of like music track that has like the they have a lot of pull stars mm. in it uh, is that the the one with the ghost i'm thinking about the junk galaxy or the junk space junk yeah it's junk whatever yeah, junk yeah, yeah. Space, space junk yeah that one uh that one resonated with me a lot featuring captain all of our music from pikmin 2 hey yeah but that, that's that's kind of the thing that drew me at first and then the design of them kind of kept me you know so it's and that's kind of stayed consistent all these years the way that the levels are they can be challenging but they're also like they guide you really well but they they're not afraid to hide a bunch of star bits or one-ups in places if you decide to go look for them and i know one-ups are not like extremely useful in galaxy but like something finding them is is still fun for me you know like, I like how they hide the little one-ups. Mm -hmm. Like, getting them is not, like, extrinsically useful, like, useful, but they're intrinsically satisfying to look for. Um, so... It gives the levels some extra punch for me. Yeah. So, Ryan, mm -hmm. you've been telling us since the 64 discussion uh, why you didn't like that and what you were looking for or expecting from a 3D Mario game. Uh, so how does Galaxy, does that work better or worse for you than the uh, Sunshine 64 formula? Well, I still enjoy, I still enjoy Sunshine more for the 
control alone. Even though I yeah. even though I also do like the organic level design. But even still, like if I'm going to have another like my ideal Mario game would be very similar to Galaxy. Just maybe without all the planetoid stuff and the motion controls. Cause the only reason why I don't absolutely adore this game is because one, the planetoid stuff just feels just a a little too jank, a little unpolished. Like it, it wasn't quite refined. I yet. mean it's not mad space. It's not mad space. Hey mad space, no. But it's not quite there yet. It's close, but not there. And also, um, just... I didn't like the motion controls in it. Like, you know, shaking the Wii Remote for the little jumpy thing, that's fine. Using the using the motion controls for the, the star thing, where you have to, like, fly through the star or whatever, that's fine. But, like, rolling the ball was a pain in the ass, and I especially hated the... the uh, the one where you have to like you're in a bubble and you have to like blow the bubble oh, around. Yeah. I hated that. I hated that shit so much. Um, and I, the uh, thing where the blue stars, where you have to grab the star with the Wii remote and then it pulls Mario in. I felt that was kind of janky too. I just like there, there's little things like that that hold the game back for me. But like in terms of level design, in terms of power-ups, except for the spring power-up, I don't know what they were thinking with that one. <laughs> like yeah. that's fucking weird. But you know, yeah. you know, I have to, I have to admit that Galaxy was a, a little. I mean, <laughs> it was kind of uh, a big title for the Wii, so I can't blame them too much. But it was a little like Wii remote gimmicky, yeah. Yeah. kind of in the same way that Metroid Prime Three sometimes feels like. Hey, they just kind of. We're like, let's do it. But this, you know you something know? though, and I, this is going to sound really fucking like hypocritical for me, but like I actually liked the motion controls in Prime Three, like turning the knobs oh, yeah. and then like pressing the panels and stuff like that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just like Samus. Whoa! But like in Galaxy, I just couldn't. I'm click feeling with it. horny <laughs> for you, Bert. <laughs> Please. I liked twisting the panel on your belly button. <laughs> Stop. Michael, please stop. <laughs> Did you know that both of our heads are shaped like footballs? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Arnold. It's true. <laughs> Michael, uh, can um, you um can you write? You know, Ryan, it's Ren? funny you s Oh sorry, Hitox, you go. I, I I was going into the realm of ridiculousness. We don't need to go where my mind was headed. <laughs> oh, Tell yeah. me about the droid. Please, that voice, that voice slays me. <laughs> it seriously does. I fucking well, I love that. I wanted to say... I know what happened to your parents. I wanted to say that um, Ryan brings up an interesting point there. It's that I, I also don't hate the motion controls in Metroid Prime 3 or anything. I think they, in, in most cases, it's better that they had it than that they didn't. But I feel like in both... Mario Galaxy and Metroid Prime 3, there are a few things that have motion controls that are like, why, like, yeah. I don't know why this is here. Why you know? do I need to shake the Wii like, Remote to throw a fireball? Yeah. Yeah, that stuff. It's like, it's not quite necessary. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that, for me, if I had to say anything has aged, I would probably say that. You know, if we ever want to get back to the Zelda like retrospective. It feels like a product of its time, because it was on that console, you know. If we ever want to get back to the Zelda retrospective, we're going to have a fun time with Skyward Sword. Uh, we really should finish that one of these days. I, I really later. want to. I really, really want to. I'd like to maybe... We could redo that, in all honesty, if we wanted redo to. Redo it. Yeah, you know, maybe. Like start, start from Ocarina? 
anyways yeah. yeah yeah we can discuss that later yeah. anyways let us know what you think in the comments Make below. Make sure to subscribe and press that subscribe button and Consume beat that bell. Oh no, Emperor Pilaf, I've dropped the Dragon Ball. Anyways, I, I want to say something <laughs> about Mario Galaxy's level design that I like a lot. Okay. Um, You know, it's very motion gimmicky, but uh, as a kid, when when you don't think about that shit... I remember really eating that kind of thing up because I felt like immersed in the gameplay in a sense. Like, it'd be frustrating as hell to blow that fucking bubble around <laughs> in space when you'd like crash into the balls and like. But then, but then you know how um the second player well, especially has the star bit. The, the green star ones. Oh, fuck. Yeah, there's, Don't there's one of the bullet, that, the bullet bill section, the green star galaxies. Uh, you have to like blow the yeah, bubble. Yeah, don't you have to like? <laughs> isn't there one where you like blow the bubble with the yep. electric fields? Yep, and there are bullet bills chasing after you the whole time. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> but the best thing was with the second player mode. If you cooperated, you could have like somebody freeze them or starbit shoot them, which I thought was always interesting. That's assuming you don't it, have like, Eric playing with you. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, I like that. Uh, uh, that 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 was like a caveat to some of the shitty design. Like, if you yeah. had another person that was there helping you, you could, like, get through it easier, you know? And mm -hmm. you didn't, like, notice it as much unless you stopped and thought about it. Yeah. And, uh, I think the one thing about Galaxy 1 that has definitely aged really well and stood the test of time, for me, is level design. Uh, cause, you know, like I was saying, I think this game has kind of aged in the past ten years. Like, you know, that just happens. But the level design is not one of those aspects, in my opinion. I feel like in terms of how levels are built, it, you know, it really did feel like for the first time in these 3D Mario games, we were getting something like what we would have gotten on the SNES or Game Boy Advance at the time. And it was, it was really cool back then, you know, because I grew up with the 2D games on GBA, and I had played all of those, so I was familiar with them at least. It was really cool at the time to be playing a 3D Mario game where there were question blocks that actually looked like they belonged in the 2D games. Because like even the exclamation boxes from Super Mario 64 just looked like something completely different. And we, we saw real, after playing a game with strolling stews as the main baddie, we finally get to see Goombas in 3D with not a shitty polygonated character model. We get to see Hold Koopas. On. Pause. Pause. Are you criticizing strolling stew? <laughs> Am I criticizing what now? Strolling stew? <laughs> I mean, I nowadays I like strolling stew and the different enemies in Sunshine, but back then Good. it felt like, because now this was before. This needs to be said. This was before Miyamoto decided that the franchise could not have any variety in the RPGs or in the main series. This this was in a time when the identity of Mario was kind of in flux, kind of like it is now where we had not seen Hammer Brothers in 3D, or Lakidus in 3D, or Koop, Koopa Troopa, we, we had seen those in 64, but it had been a while. And then, so at the time, seeing something that looked familiar, like Mario, was refreshing and new for 3D Mario at the time. And then they Nowadays, took that, that word, new, and then milked it for all it's worth. 
Yeah, pretty much. So, you know what's interesting to think about? But I think that that's about, something though. that needs to be said. You know what's interesting to think about is that, like, you know, Mario had that kind of thing. I, I, and I kind of noticed it after Galaxy 2, where it's just like they started being very similar and very tropey. Very just stereotypical Mario, I guess. And it's interesting to think about that Sonic is kind of in that same rut, too. Like, ever since, like, yes. 2010, up until now, it's just like, Green Hill! Remember the Genesis games? Because, like, before Mario was in that rut, it was just like, remember the Super Mario Bros. 3 and World? Like, those were the two games that they milked for sure. So, yeah. it's just interesting how the two, like, big mascot platformers went through that phase. And I guess in some cases, they're still going through it. Uh, with the success of Mania, I think it's not nearly over yet. And with the, yeah, I guess you could also argue the same with Odyssey, but that one's still a bit more original, but, you know. Well, yeah, I think Odyssey is kind of opening the door mm-hmm. for Mario to be fresh and interesting again. Because certainly that's what Odyssey was compared to 3D World, especially. Yeah, but even still... It actually felt new. Even still with Odyssey, it just kind of felt like as if it was getting in, like, maybe ankle-deep waters with that kind of stuff. Well, compared... Didn't go all the way. Compared to Color Splash, where all of the NPCs are nameless toads well, yeah. that all look the same... It's actually being able to see, like, the new Donk City people and the the Yeti guys and uh, the slugs from Bubblane. Like, actually getting to see some variety in terms of NPCs, at the very least, was something that was like, thank you. It's about goddamn time, Nintendo. Absolutely. I'm also talking about uh, level aesthetics, too. You know, plains, desert, ocean... Yeah, and certainly Galaxy does that too, but I do think either Kinkei or Haydox mentioned this, that the space aesthetic kind of makes it feel new. And it's funny too, because uh, like when I was yeah. a kid, I always thought that Mario being in space was stupid and that they were running out of ideas. Well, yeah, and you know, like, from my point of view, it was like, holy shit, Mario's going to space? <laughs> I'm like, Mario's going into space. They really jumped the shark on this one. A Jason X. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I love the level design in this game, even the bubble stuff. I never I never really minded the bubbles that much, except for that bullet bill section. That sucked. Uh, I liked it more than Manta Ray writing. I'll say that much. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. That's, that's another motion control thing where you, you control this Manta Ray yeah. and you have to win this race. Or just beat it before the time runs out, essentially. And yeah, the first time we played that, it was not that- a pretty sight. That music is so infuriating. It's like they made. Stop. It's like they directed the composer to make the most irritating music possible. That's the same. I think that's the same song that plays when you chase the bunnies. Uh, so now to play the clip from the playthrough again. of Exo chasing the bunnies while Eric is fucking him over. Um, I think one thing that has not aged well for me, and it's ironic because I've defended power-ups in Mario 64 because I felt like in the case of that game, just running around and jumping was mechanically satisfying enough to carry the whole game. Um, ironically, Galaxy focuses more on power-ups, but in my opinion, they kind of all suck. Except for the bee suit. Like, this. We've already mentioned the spring mushroom. I don't think anybody likes playing with that because the controls are AIDS. 
Uh, they bring back the fire flower. Hold on, hold on, Michael. <laughs> Alright, I like the spring. Really? Right. And f I don't know why everybody seems to hate it. It's the controls. Like, I mean, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but I, I always liked using the spring and bouncing around. I never, un like, as soon as I got into this whole YouTube thing, and everybody was making videos and like, oh, that damn spring. I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? It was like... <laughs> it was I like learning that people had, I didn't like, think, I don't know, it was... I didn't think anything of it weird at the time in 2007. But coming back in more recent playthroughs and having it like, it's like the way that it sort of like flops around and the controls, I just don't like playing with it. Uh, and then I love it, you know, like it's one thing to make a new power up in uh, 64 that's temporary and feels gimmicky. It's another thing to take the fire flower and make it temporary and gimmicky. I really don't understand why the fire flower needed mm. to have a time limit. Um, OK, but it works for the level design to have it be timed you know so they could have made yeah, a completely different really mind the usage of it worked with it not being temporary and i would have liked that but much it's, better it's like the power-ups are um level specific which i like it's not like you well, have yeah. a power-up for the sake of having a power-up and there is a big review of this game that will argue that making power-up specific sections in galaxy was a bad idea which i disagree with that for the record, I yeah, I think I disagree that too. I think that Hadox is right in that sense that I I enjoyed having sections that were built around. Now you have this B suit, go do this B suit platforming. That's fun. Yeah. I don't think that that's a problem, but I do have a problem I, with. You know, actually, I, I think I uh, uh, I think I actually used to dislike that, but I'd say nowadays that I'm pretty fine with it, especially because. I didn't really grow up knowing that power-ups were supposed to work like they did in 2D Mario. The way that I grew up knowing them is like, you have invisible cap to go through metal grate, you know? Yeah. And that goes away after a while. So it's... it's so the, the way yeah. they were used in Galaxy was like, oh, this is just how they are, you know? How they've always been for me. Yeah. I think some. I think somewhere along the way, I like got in my edgy like critique phase, and I was like, <laughs> didn't we all? I was like these are not how they were originally, uh. so they don't work. But I don't think I agree. Fireflower works, but I would have had a lot more because, like, I remember the specific section in Freeze Flame Galaxy where you're in the flame area, and it's like you need to light the torches to open the way forward, and that's kind of the the challenge is trying to get the fireflower, and then run all the way over there and light the torches before time runs out. I would have much preferred to play a section where there are a whole ton of enemies and you have the fireflower and you just go nuts and kill them all, and then that opens the way forward and it's not temporary. I think that would have been more fun than lighting torches, personally. Um, I actually yeah. like the f the f ice flower quite a bit. I think that's fun. I thought I it was is pretty cool. Temporary? Pun entirely yeah, intended. Yeah, it is. It is temporary, but it was at least I liked skating over ice and jumping up waterfalls. That was fun. That was cool. Ice skating is one of my favorite oh, things yes. in the world because I cannot believe that Mario seems to, like, be the only one who's doing that shit, you know? Like, <laughs> finding a way to make ice still a unique surface, but fun to traverse oh, for a yeah. change, Oh, yeah, that's you know? a good point. Like, compare that to spiral ice physics, and it's, like, no no challenge. I, yeah. King K, I cannot fucking wait until you uh, review Galaxy, because these ideas are shit, like, I never thought about, but I'm like, damn, that's so good. That's so good. You and everyone on the planet, it seems like. 
Yeah. Like, you know that um, there's the third, is it called an episode, the third star of uh, Freeze, Fra- Freeze Flame, where you have to, like, race Shadow... Um, That's the Prankster Comet. Okay, whatever. The, yeah, that thing, where you, like, race him and everything, and, like, you, like, the, the ice thing, you can, um, you can ice skate and then you flip upside down if you want to. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? That shit's sick. I love that I section. Love that. Yeah, that part was fun. Uh, but I don't know. It just, I thought the power-ups were a lot better in Galaxy 2. Like, way better. <laughs> so that's, that's, it's another breadcrumb I'm dropping for the next episode is, I didn't think the power-ups in this game, I, I don't know, it, they, I like that sections are built around them. I like that aspect of it. But in terms of the actual power-ups themselves, I feel like okay. the series has seen better. But like, yeah, to an extent, but I love the B. The B is I probably love, the best um, one. Ice Mario. And I love Ice Mario a lot. But um, and know, Ghost, what... I like the Ghost for the situational uses. Oh yeah, I forgot that was even in the game. <sighs> yeah, I think that was neat. It yeah, was neat I'll, to have. Um, I'll give it this. I, uh, what I will say, the only reason I reacted strongly to the spring was because I don't understand why, like, I felt like whiplash when I came on the internet and everybody hated it. And I was like, oh, because I, I never understood, like, I never had any problems with it and I still don't. But I will admit, I think, uh, this is getting a little, I'm, I'm not going to get too far into this because we can save it for later, but I think it's handled better in its sequel in that regard. Uh, the slide, mm-hmm. the spring mushroom. No, no, no. Like power ups in general. Oh, okay. That's what I mean. Yeah, like, I think I think there are better power ups, and I think they learned a little bit into from one because some of the things in one did feel a little weird. Like I do kind of agree that like it doesn't bother me necessarily, but like the fire flower challenges were not super. Like it didn't feel like they were extremely well thought out. You know? Yeah. They just I don't know. I think it was handled better in two, but I don't mind them in one. I think they're still fun. So, <clears throat> in terms of gameplay, what else? Uh, one topic I think is interesting, and I, I had been talking about this on Twitter after our Sunshine episode, uh, is that Mario game, 3D Mario games have a tendency to have filler. Uh, 64 is probably the least guilty of that out of any of the games, because... Uh, it's not like they recycle level design or anything. Uh, but starting with Sunshine... Well, I mean, Galaxy... Or I'm sorry, 64 still had you fighting King Boo three times. And the Big Bully three times. So it was still guilty of recycling stuff. And then Sunshine had the red coin sections in uh, the secret stages. Uh, but then, once you get to Galaxy, it seemed like... Compared to the previous Mario games, it had the most original level design to play around in. Uh, compare, especially compared to the first two. Uh, but it was it still had some filler in it and I feel like that's worth discussing uh, like for example you still fight bosses multiple times and they barely change like you fight King Caliente and I think Good Egg Galaxy and then you fight him again at the end of I think the bedroom uh, dome he's like the, the Bowser Jr. boss for that dome like yeah. you, you refight a lot of the same bosses multiple times you fight I mean, I guess at least Dino Piranha and Lava Piranha were, like, somewhat different. Uh, but still... And then you have Prankster Comets, which I feel are identical to the red coin sections from Sunshine that replace the uh, 
secret stages. Which is basically, do the same thing again, except you can only take one point of damage, or there's a time limit, or you have to race somebody. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I think they are kind of the same in the way that they do that. Um, but one thing, uh, at least they're all different, at least, and... Um, I mean, I enjoyed just, it. It's always red coins in every single level that you go back to. Yeah, that's true. And it's not like that's that's. Um, but I also think it's it's about for me personally, it's about how I approach these two games very differently. Like the the, it is definitely filler in Galaxy. I'll acknowledge that because they did they did rely on that as kind of a crutch, but it doesn't bother me as much because the the game feels extremely disconnected but for a reason and i feel like i have a different philosophy when i go into that game than i do with sunshine or 64 you know mm -hmm. so I, I feel like it doesn't bother me as much in that instance because i feel like the game is going directly toward that mechanical challenge and like a lot yeah. of the comments reflect that like uh racing shadow mario or the daredevil ones or daredevils in one yeah yeah, uh, Bouldergeist. Yeah. Remember him? <laughs> oh, I love that boss. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like How could the I hardest that? Daredevil mission in the game. Uh, but it was, you yeah. know, I, it was like I was saying on Twitter, that, you know, compared to some of the other filler in the series, that felt like it was worth a damn, beating that boss in one hit. Um, yeah. So, yeah. like, I guess I like the filler in Galaxy more than the filler from Sunshine. I think that King plays... King K's point that at least it's not the same filler in every level over and over again is valid. I just thought it was, it just seems like people don't seem to recognize Prankster Comets as filler when they really yeah. are. <laughs> That's uh, another thing too uh, is about the bosses. Um, I'm it's been a little while since I've played all of Galaxy, but I, I remember quite liking the bosses like Bouldergeist is one of my favorites in the series I think mm. um, I always have fun fighting him I I struggle to say that it has an amazing selection of bosses because I am trying to remember what other bosses even exist in the game uh, like obviously the, the Bowser guy. ones are fun uh, I like the Bowser fights the Bowser fights are good I like the, uh, the one where you have to use the drill and go underneath the uh, the robot uh, oh, that's yeah. that's from Galaxy Two. Mm, are yeah, you sure? Two. Wait, is it? Yes, that that yeah, was Digger Dig a the leg. The one you may be thinking two. of in one is the the Mega Leg thing. Yeah, that has like three legs, I think, or whatever. And he big giant robot. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking of Dig a Leg, Ryan. The robot. Yeah, there's a similar looking robot in Galaxy One named Mega Leg. Oh, which is... that, no, I'm thinking about that's the one where you have to like guide the um. The bullet bills to the head, right? You gotta guide the bullet bills, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. I kinda... I like, um... What's the... the? I like how dumb the plant dinosaur is. Dino Piranha? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. it, like, screams and it spits everywhere. Mm. That's <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's And I love, like... It was in an egg, and then you just like whip its ball tail at it, and then it just like breaks oh, open. Oh fuck mm -hmm. the spider boss! Fuck that thing! Oh yeah, what was that guy's name? Oh, the spider boss. I hated oh, that gosh. thing. That was the worst one. 
I mean, I feel, I think yeah, we can all agree that, that compared to Sunshine, especially the bosses here, well, 64's bosses were, had more variety, but they were also really simple. Then you get to Sunshine, they're more mechanically yeah. complex, but they repeat them a million times. Then you get to Galaxy 1, and they still recycle some bosses, but there's a much better selection here than the previous 3D Marios. Yeah. It's like, I will gr gladly take fighting the spider boss over fighting Big Boo, who is like nothing. Yeah. You don't want to fight Gooper Blooper three times? Yeah. Uh, who thought... That was probably a Miyamoto idea. Well, honestly, him, I, like, always, I like that fight, so... I like doing I like it, the, it first the first time. time. Oh, and you know another one I like is, uh, I like the Kami Koopa ones. Uh, that's actually oh, Camilla. Uh... Not Kami Koopa. Jeez. But Looks like it is a, a giant magic Koopa. I like, the, I like the girl Koopa. Okay. That you fight. And you still have to fight her twice. You have to fight Top Man twice, and it's no different the second time. Uh, so, I don't know. Top Man's one of the weaker bosses just in terms of challenge. Um, mm. I don't know. I find Camilla. Uh, there's a Daredevil run for her, I remember. And the, the Dreadnought fight. Yeah. Uh, but though where you're like going through that, isn't it like you're? It's on the ship. Yes, the 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 pirate ship, the galleon. Yeah. Uh, How do you remember all this? I played the game like ten times. So I played it twice. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've played Galaxy I've played One. They kind of that brings me to something. I like. Uh, there's a galaxy that I've always loved. It's the. Uh, that's I'm bringing up during the boss fight thing because I I always kind of imagined it like a boss fight, but you know that level in the toy galaxy, oh where yeah, a giant Mecha Bowser, Bowser robot. Yeah, I love that level because the idea I've always loved the idea of like going inside a giant robot. Oh, <laughs> Xenoblade. Um, Ooh. Uh, going inside a giant robot and like taking it out from the Whoa. inside or like even in this case you kind of take it out from the outside but like the the concept is still the same it's like you're it's a big platforming thing um and they they make really cool use of the gravity here and like the twisting out screws and stuff and you're just like systematically destroying mecha bowser and i always really enjoyed that and i think that's that's kind of what they can do with the gravity in a, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, because you can just make him walk on the walls and like go to all the components of the thing, and it's like a, it's like a level, but it's also has the it feels like it has the pacing of a boss, you know? Yeah. And I've always loved that level because of that. Yeah, yeah that 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 was fun level. Um and yeah, I mean I'm trying to think of what else there is to cover with this game. I mean honestly, I think I've said everything that I need to say about Mario Galaxy. Yeah, so do we want to maybe get into final thoughts here and wrap up podcast? Yeah, sure. I, I can do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to say. I really love it. Yeah. It's like, it's like pending my next Galaxy 2 playthrough, it's, which I'm gonna just want to do before we talk about it or else I'm not going to have much to say because it's been a really long time since I've actually sat down and played through Galaxy 2, but yeah. As of right now, of what I've played of Mario, it's probably my favorite Mario game. 3D, mm. anyway. Hmm. You know, it's that... Just super memorable. It has amazing level design. I can't stop playing it. It's... And even the dated things about some of the 
motion controls. I've never been bothered too much by it to like not to stop playing it. You know, there's nothing there's nothing like that I would describe as a major issue with it in the same way that I kind of grapple with some things about 64 and Sunshine. Yeah. Mm. Galaxy just feels like <laughs> I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but like when people describe how masterpieces make them feel, it's it feels like Galaxy is that to me because I it's hard for me to find things that I dislike about it. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with King K. Like, I'm sure if I nitpicked a lot of the experience, I could find flaws, but it's one of those things where, like, Galaxy to me is such a fun time from start to finish. It's like, it it has so much memorable stuff for me and like when i play it it's one of those games i can remember playing it when i was younger with my cousin and just sort of goofing around like um something that i always loved were the the luigi postcards yeah. he'd give you of like here where here's where i am and like you get me. mail yeah you'd get mail in that game and i always thought that was sick um <laughs> and i just loved I love at the... Okay, can... Are we, like... Can I spoil yeah. something? Yes. Um, Something that Galaxy 2 never had is... Okay, I don't think we touched on this, but the hub of Mario Galaxy 1 is, like... I love that hub. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a slut <laughs> for hub worlds. You feel me? Uh, it's like... At the end of Galaxy 1, you get that red star... Where fly. you can um, yeah. fly around the entire observatory, and it's like there there's a degree of catharsis I think when you're like you progress through that entire thing without flying, and then you can just go to the red star and go wherever you want. And I remember just having so much dumb fun flying around, like jumping off, and you know, like listening to da 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 da. It's like, it's a game that makes me really happy, and yeah, unlike Sunshine. Real talk though, Sunshine. I want um, when I if I ever get married, I want that to play the Comet Observatory oh, theme yeah. when I go down the aisle. It's very. Uh, good. I, I know what it's I want. It's very beautiful. I, oof! I know what I want to have play when <laughs> I'm at my wedding. I want to fly high so I can reach the. You want that one? <laughs> no, it's gonna. He wants the drill dozer theme. No, it's gonna be fucking lift and learn. <laughs> oh my god! I don't think that. Oh, I don't think that fits the wedding setting. First no, dance. And then it's, First instead dance. of instead of having the kiss, we jump and pose in front of a moon. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I want to say one thing before Michael takes it away with his baton pass. Um. Okay, there there are little things that I love about Mario Galaxy 1 I want to list, and I want, like, applause after. Okay. All right? So, <laughs> All right. number one, when you feed the Goomba the star bits, and he, like, expands, it's like, and he's like, you hear the... And, like, and he, like, and then he bursts into a galaxy or some shit. It's like, fucking hell, that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, that. Thank you. Um, I thought you. There, I thought we had to clap when you were done. Oh right. Okay. Okay. Oh. That's true. Um. <laughs> uh. And um. 
Oh, fuck. I'm I had a really good one, but Michael Michael sidetracked me by his marriage plans. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. I, I was uh, gonna talk about... You know, I love Sunshine. I think Sunshine is my favorite Mario game because it's so stupid. And, like, there's so much dumb shit in it. Like, that's the shit I love, you know? But yeah. with Mario Galaxy, it's it's a different type of love that I think is more unconditional in a way. That's like, this is just a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> I thought you were going <laughs> to say what? unrequited love. <laughs> oh, uh, that's all I wanted to say. I, it's it's a different, like, when, when I look at 64 to Sunshine to Galaxy... The way I frame all of those games is so different in how I like all of them. Because I like pretty much every 3D Mario game. You know, like, yeah. even World, for as shitty as it can be, has that multiplayer thing, which we'll get to. We're not going to open up that can of worms yet. But, like, there, there are open different up that things. Bottle of Sprixies. Wow. <laughs> there are different things in every Mario game I really love. And for Galaxy, I think it's like one of the purest types of love, if that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ryan? Uh, I like it. I really do. I hated it at first, but I like it. It's a bit janky in some parts, but overall, it's a pretty damn good game. And... Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't really have that much to say about Galaxy. I, I, I played it. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um one thing before I get to my final thoughts is maybe we ought to talk about purple coins at least a little bit. Ooh. Um I know where do we stand? Do we like a hundred coin stars or purple coin stars better? Purple coin stars. Uh I don't know. I, I like them both. I, like, cause it's hard for me to distinguish between them, because they both kind of feel the same. Purple coins are a little easier sometimes, but yeah. Uh, because uh, I don't know. We didn't really talk. I never about like distinguish between them like that. I always just felt like they were the same thing. Well, the thing about 100 coin stars, uh, in 64 especially, because. Uh, the ones in Sunshine are easier to get, but they're also less interesting to get, is... I always saw it as, for example, in uh, Shifting Sandland, just as a way to force the player to explore the whole level without dying. And, you know, the coins act as markers for you going to this or that place, and it made sense in a collectathon that was structured that way. Uh, and then you get to the purple coins, and I feel like half of them... I enjoy getting, like, the the one in Space Junk Galaxy, for example, where you're on, like, the platforms that pop into place when you get close to them, and you have to, there's, like, a little time limit. Like, I like those kinds of ones better. Like, and then there's some where you're on a linear path, and you have to get them all. I liked those ones better than, like, one of, I think my least favorite star in the entire game is the purple coin star in Freeze Flame Galaxy. If you guys remember that one, where it's like you have this big gigantic mountain, and there are exactly 100 co blue, purple coins, 
Maybe not exactly, maybe there's a couple extra, but you, you can't really afford to miss any. And then there's this part where once you get to the top of the mountain, you have to like make a leap of faith yes. onto a ledge. Yes. I remember and this. It's, and there are a couple of levels in Galaxy where that's what the purple coin experience is like. And then there's the Luigi purple coin where you're on like the giant 8-bit Luigi and there's like the lava that kills you instantly. That's pretty infamous star in this game as well. So it's like half, I don't know, it's almost like kind of half and half, but I'm not sure I could actually quantify it. Or some of them I like getting and some of them are just kind of like, good God, this is worse than anything, any 100 coin star from the first two games. Because if you die in the freeze flame purple coins, you have to do it all over again. And it takes like 20 minutes. Um, so I never, I didn't really enjoy that one in particular. But it's like, I agree with a lot of what King Kane Hadox have said, just getting into final thoughts, that this is a game that I think is undeniably solid, intersubjectively speaking. I think that in terms of just the sheer quality standard, Galaxy is probably the best 3D Mario game we've discussed so far, just in terms of, you know, it has the least amount of crap in it. And it, you know, like, even if it's not as impressive as it was back in 2007, the level design is still a lot grander and more interesting than the first two games. Well, in some ways. Uh, but it's kind of like what Hadox was saying, I still find myself preferring Sunshine nowadays anyway. And I think it's it just comes down to, I don't think Galaxy 2 is a better game than Galaxy 1, and I like that more than Sunshine. And then Sunshine appeals to me in a completely different way. So Galaxy 1 kind of goes behind both as a result. I don't know how to put it exactly. Uh, but I don't know, I find myself replaying Sunshine more. You know, uh, blue coins and everything. Uh, as much as Hadox does not like that fact, that is just how, <laughs> how it works for me. Um, but, you know, I do like Galaxy 1, I think... One thing I didn't mention is that I feel like the graphics beyond the character models haven't aged very well. Like, the environment, like, the textures look blur really blurry and undetailed nowadays. I remember when the game came out, it looked gorgeous, in my... Because I hadn't really seen anything in HD yet, but... Looking at it now and looking at some of the textures, it's like... Mm, this game's not exactly as top-tier graphically on the Wii as I remember it. And I feel like the space aesthetic, as varied as it makes the levels feel, you get a lot of black skies and a lot of really dark-looking levels. Mm -hmm. I feel like... I think... You know, that... I think the black skies could have... Like, I don't know. The, the, the There's so much you can do with, like, space. I don't know why they didn't ever think of, like, including planets in the background or, like, quasars or anything. You know what I just fucking know? realized? I think what? this is a point what? that we even brought up, but it just clicked with me. Even if you take Mario into space, he still can't escape the fucking plains, beach, desert, lava, mountain. He still can't escape those fucking tropes. Yeah. It's kind of true. Ah. But I felt like you it... Know, you know what, though? Space, at least. I... I, I feel like they tried, at least. And you know... For me, I, th I think that gets me further than if they <clears throat> if they hadn't. Like, because when you go to Freeze Flame, it's it's really like it's a really simple concept. You just mash the two together, but it ends up working really nicely. Hailfire Peaks and um, from Banjo Tooie. Yeah, it, it um 
I said, yeah, not knowing what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> There's a level on Banjo-Tooie that's literally one half is an ice mountain and the other half is a volcano. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a pretty simple idea, but like it's... <laughs> I commend the effort. I, I'm really trying to hold my 3D world thoughts back. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, I think Galaxy is a great game. Uh, go, it, it holds up, but at the same time, I feel like the magic behind its release has worn off for me. Like, I feel like when you... Unlike Ocarina of Time, which I find kind of a boring game nowadays, uh, even, when, even when you strip the fact that it's aged out of the equation, when you strip away the grandeur of playing this game in 2007 and just look at this game from a game design perspective, like the the level design holds up, and that's what matters most. But it it feel I feel like part of the reason why people tend to give Galaxy Two so much flack nowadays is partially because critics uh, basically unanimously recognize Galaxy Two as better, so they were rebelling against that. But also because of what you know that Ocarina of Time effect of playing something impressive at the time. And then you get a sequel, like Majora's Mask, that is very similar in many ways, but improves a lot of things. But people are reluctant, maybe, to recognize some of that because the honeymoon effect wait. of playing Galaxy 1 is still fresh in their heads. Uh, wait, wait, do people... I, I wait, don't hold know on, hold that. on, pause, 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 pause. Art, do people think... Wait, what's the common opinion now? I don't even fucking know. It seems... I don't know, it's, it's availability error. I feel like maybe the Galaxy 2 people are in the majority still, but the people who like Galaxy 1 more are very vocal about it. So it makes it hard to Who's know. Who's vocal about it? I haven't... What am I... Am I, like, living under a rock? Maybe I, I noticed I this because I, I um, flipped sides myself. I, I'm kind of... I'm kind of with Michael there, because I, I do hear a lot of people talk a lot about Galaxy 1 over Galaxy 2. Mm -hmm. Just in my experience. I mean, plenty of people have said the opposite, but... Yeah. I don't think it's blasphemy to think that people prefer the first. I don't think that's... Especially because I might actually prefer the first over the second. I mean, I guess... Remains to be seen. I guess we'll see when you play the second one again before the next podcast. I'll probably play it again because yeah. it's my favorite video game. Ooh, spoilers. <laughs> uh, but... You know, I... It's, yeah. You know, that's part of what I wanted to do with this podcast was kind of set up some breadcrumbs for the next one, if you've noticed. Right. Um, I think Galaxy 1 is a great game. I think Galaxy 2 is just that much better uh, for some of the reasons I've already hinted at, but we'll talk about that next time. So, And we'll delve into who is right. We're going to <laughs> take down all of the reviewers who said Mario Galaxy no, 1 hey is Docs, better. Because, so watch no, your back. Hey Docs, because in the um, end, it doesn't matter who is wrong or who is right. Indeed. Except for me. I have <sighs> to right. be right. So that that's all the time we have for today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I guess we'll see you in the next podcast. Bye. Toodaloo! Ugh. The music used in this podcast is as follows. Almost New, Ashton Manor, Apro Hour, Awesome Call, 
Bittersweet, Bosa Antigua, Chucky the Construction Worker, Continue Life, Cool Vibes, Deuces, Dispersion Relation, Disquiet, Eternity, Fireflies and Stardust, Funky Chunk, Ghost Dance, Gustav Sting, Hard Boiled, Hepcats, Honeybee, In Your Arms, Jazz Brunch, Leopard Print Elevator, Lobby Time, Local Forecast Slower, Loping Sting, Matt's Blues, Mining by Moonlight, No Good Layabout, Novel Noel, Octo Blues, Porch Blues, Porch Swing Days Slower, Procession of the King, Samba Isobel, Shades of Spring, Sidewalk Shades Slower, Somewhere Sunny Version 2, Street Party, Take a Chance, The Curtain Rises, Water Droplets on the River, White, Winter Chimes. The tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can find the full license at http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash buy forward slash 3.0. This episode was edited by Exoparadigm Gamer, who you can check out on YouTube at https colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com forward slash user forward slash exoparadigm gamer. Feel free to check out our solo efforts on YouTube and Twitter by visiting our official SoundCloud profile and clicking on the external links. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day.